Hi, this is David Teams. I'm the author of Godspeed, Voices of the Reformation, and you're listening to On Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. Everything in this life is going to disappoint us in some way. It could be the could be the job, it could be the relationship, um, it could be that dream we've had, that that home, that that trip. Uh, and ultimately it this earth is not going to satisfy our deepest longings in the way that only Jesus can. Well, hello. Thank you, David Teams, for the introduction. David is the author of my favorite devotional, Godspeed. Uh, As an author and sought-after speaker, songwriter, and historian, David is a deep, deep thinker about faith and faith stuff, God things. Uh, You'll love my conversation with David over at onfaithsedge.com slash 91. Love talking to David Teams every chance I get, whether it's on an interview, on a phone call, or just personally face-to-face. He he is an all-around great guy, and like I said, an amazing deep thinker about faith and God stuff. Well, welcome to the 129th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. I am so excited for you to listen in on my conversation with today's guest, author and speaker, Ryan Atkins. Ryan has an amazing story. He sustained a spinal cord injury after a car accident. He was a thriving college student in 2009. After after this car accident, he found himself paralyzed below the shoulders, wondering how life could still have any purpose whatsoever. And in his book, One Step Closer, How a Life-Altering Accident Led Me to Everything I Almost Missed, he writes how he discovered how hope is still possible no matter what the circumstances may be. His book delivers a timely message of hope and inspiration, urging readers to embrace the power of an internal perspective. I loved this conversation with Ryan. You'll hear the importance of an eternal perspective, his desire for healing, but moving forward with God's plan, the amazing love story between Ryan and his wife, Stephanie, and what it is to really be a man. This is a good one. Man, there have been some real heavy hitters recommending this book, Ryan. Bob Goff, uh, New York Times bestseller, Mick Cronin. If you're from Cincinnati, we all know who Mick Cronin is, but he is right now the UCLA men's basketball head coach. And uh, Brian Tome, senior pastor at Crossroads Church here in Cincinnati. What you, what many people don't know about, about Crossroads Church is that is consistently over the past several years, one of the top five fastest growing church, if not the fastest growing church in the nation. So real heavy hitters recommending this book, Ryan. Well done. Well done. Thanks, Joe. Great to... Great to be with you today, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to share this message of um, hope, hope with others. Uh, why I believe that we can have hope no matter what our circumstances may be. Why do you think, uh, looking at these at these recommendations in the book and some of the others, what do you think? Why do you think one step closer has struck such a chord with these men? Um, I, I believe that I believe that we all we all have um, errors in our life that. Uh, we, we recognize that that not everything is not everything is going according to our plan of how we may have envisioned it for our lives. Um, for me, that that may have looked like getting knocked off course in during my college days and 
taking a, taking a pause from the the path to business success that I thought I was headed towards. Um, but but ultimately, we're all we're all one step closer towards towards that next that next aspect of life that we think is going to satisfy all our, our deepest longings. And and what, what I've realized and what I've come to better understand um, throughout the course of the past decade since um, my accident that led to paralysis is that putting my hope into anything besides besides Jesus and besides um, the fact that I have an eternity promised with him, um, then I'm going to be vastly disappointed if I'm putting in lesser things. And I believe that we, we all can resonate with that because we, we all try to put our hope in something, whether it's our physical health, our financial success, or uh, a relationship that we think is going to fulfill every desire. When ultimately God is the only one that can fill that hole in our soul. You start the book quoting Viktor Frankl, man, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And this is such a great quote. If you've not read Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl's book is is quoted as much as, as any book that, that you, that you hear. And it appears on all of those lists. Have you read man's search for meaning? Yes, it was a, it was a very powerful experience for me to, to really get exposed to Victor Frankl's work um, and really get an idea of, okay, this, this feeling that I've had that, um, that, that I do have a choice of how I can respond to what's happening. Okay. Frankl talks about that. He says, we, we all have a, we all have a choice of how we can respond to our, our suffering. We're all going to face something that's hard, that's difficult, but um, they can. Everything in our life can be stripped away except for the fact that we can choose how we respond. And I think that resonated and um, really gave me the motivation and the confidence to know that even though I may um, currently be paralyzed below the neck, even though I may have a tough situation right now, I I have a choice about how I can respond and how I can make the most of my days. And, uh, I want to, I want to push forward with that, uh, going forward in a way that, uh, is purposeful. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how, what does that quote mean to you, Ryan? So th- w- when I, when I first came across, uh, this quote and Frankel's work overall, uh, I, I think this, this idea really, really brought to life what, what I've been experiencing. I think, um, when, someone may look at my life and may say, Oh, wow, I don't, I don't know how you could ever do that and continue pushing forward. And, and, Oh, that looks so difficult being paralyzed and earlier on, like being on a ventilator in the hospital for months and months. And I had to come to a point where um, I, what is my, why, what, what is the, what is the thing that's going to keep me getting up in the morning? Um, Is it uh, just being, is it being completely physically healthy? Um, Because if that's, if that's, what's going to fulfill me, then I'm going to be, disappointed for where I'm right now. But if I have a, if I have a much bigger why to my story and I believe that um, the why is to, is to follow God and make, make much of who he is. um, Then, then I'm going to, I'm going to feel much more purposeful with my day. I'm going to recognize that my life has meaning um, no matter what, no matter what may be happening circumstantially and that God's watching and ultimately he, he will reward our faithfulness, and that's what keeps me going each day. So briefly tell us the story. Take us back to November 20th, 2009, the car accident, uh, and what ultimately led you to write this book? So I'm a junior at the University of Cincinnati. I uh, was on a full-ride scholarship. Uh, I was 
and leadership positions and my fraternity on campus to the government. And I, I was having the time of my life. I really just uh, really enjoyed everything about college life. And I really just laid out this path for myself and the future that uh, would be prosperous business success and um, just making ultimately making much of myself. And, and so I am uh, on the way to a retreat. I uh, was driving along the highway and uh, all of a sudden I lost control of my vehicle. I overcorrected and slammed into the guardrail. And a split second, my car is flipping over the, flipping over the median and I complete, I go completely unconscious. Uh, a few minutes later, I open my eyes, really unsure of what's, what has happened. Uh, I try to move around. Everything's dark. And I think, Oh, I must be stuck. I can't move my arms. Can't move my legs. Can't really see anything. I'm not really sure what's happening. And I, my breathing started to fade and I was, I started to panic and wondering, is this the end? Am I, am I dying? Um, thankfully that was not the end. I was airlifted. I was, I was taken out of the car with jaws of life, airlifted to a local emergency room. Uh, and pretty soon it was deemed that I was paralyzed below the shoulders and not really given much hope. Uh, I was put on a ventilator and told that this would essentially be the rest of my life. So at that point at 21 years old, everything that I had known and hoped for, uh, had essentially stopped in an instant and I was officially battling for my life. Thankfully, all of us, all of us survived. I was, was quite a bit, uh, scared. Uh, when I got to the hospital, I didn't realize where everyone was, but thankfully was informed that we had all made it. Um, and, uh, still alive and doing well today. Was anybody else hurt? Yeah, there were, there were a variety of, variety of injuries, uh, throughout the, throughout the car. Um, but in, in that moment, I, there, the biggest, the biggest fear was, Oh, did I, did, did this lead to, to death? Did it, my friends passed away? Um, what have I done? Um, there, there was a lot of just, just wondering, Oh, like what, what are others going to think of me? Have I, I not only what may have happened to other people, but Oh, what was this? How does this make me look? Am I, have I been irresponsible? Have I, have I done something that's drastically changed not only my life, but the lives of others. And thankfully we were all able to um, survive and uh, each kind of forge our own path in the years ahead. The title one step closer, what's the significance of, of the title of your book? One step closer, how a life altering accident led me to everything I almost missed. So Joe, I, I really, I feel like it's, it's, it's important to, to recognize that we're, we're, we're all one step closer to something, whether it's that, that dream job, that dream um, opportunity, the relationship we think is going to fulfill us, the, um, the, the opportunity that I think is going to fix everything or the, Oh, one step closer that, that the healing that's going to make everything better in my life. And, and while, while those all are, are noble aspirations and those are, uh, great things to hope for, believe for, work towards, pray for. Um, ultimately, unless our unless our hope is in Jesus and the fact that hey, we're we're each one step closer to um, 
seeing God face to face. And, and uh, we have the opportunity to uh, be known by him, to be loved by him and to ultimately spend eternity with him. Uh, if our hope isn't anywhere else, we're, we're going to be disappointed. And, and you mentioned the subtitle, um, how a life altering accident led me to everything I almost missed. Well, well, obviously I would never have chosen to be in a car accident that paralyzed me below the shoulders. And I wouldn't have chosen to have to move from college back into my parents' house at 21 years old. Uh, I've ultimately realized that there's so many aspects of, of life that I um, came to better understand, better appreciate um, as a result of what had happened, Um, whether it be, whether it be the new perspective and just appreciation for different aspects of life, a, a needed humbling that, that came about as a result of the ensuing next few years. Uh, I was able to um, ultimately meet my future wife. I, and most importantly, I was able to better understand my need for a savior and uh, turn my life to Jesus. And so I, I recognize there's quite a bit that I would have missed if not for this accident. You mentioned your future wife, Stephanie, you were actually childhood sweethearts. Is that right? We were, we were, we were eight years old second grade together. And we actually were the, the two lead roles in uh, the class play. I had a big crush on her in second, second grade. But uh, after that, that school year, uh, we went different ways. She went to another school and I just kind of figured I'd never see her again. But uh, we ended up meeting back up. She was a massage therapist at the time of my accident. She heard about, she heard about my accident on social media and reached out and offered to we're offered to help out with, with massage therapy and that just provided a neat opportunity to get to know one another. And it was very helpful for me physically, but also um, socially uh, and romantically, it led to a budding friendship and ultimately a uh, ultimately marriage. So the real romantic part, the real romantic relationship between you and Stephanie began after your accident. Yes. I, well, I hadn't seen Stephanie since we were in elementary school together um, until she walked in. So she walked in the room uh, after my accident and we were, we were friends for a couple of years and she helped out with massage therapy. Um, soon we just became uh, really good friends and uh, began hanging out more talking. And a few years later we began dating and uh, 2016, we officially got married. Wow. Congratulations, man. I want to I want to read in, in talking about Stephanie. I want to read a, an excerpt from your book that struck a chord with me personally. It's from chapter 21, Losing My Mind, page 219. You don't love me, I yelled. I love you, Ryan, Stephanie said. You are so loved. I'm not loved, I barked back, my brow furrowed. I'm a failure. My life has no purpose. I should have just died in that accident. Finally, Stephanie realized we were getting somewhere. Tell me more about that, she said gently. With delirium eliminating my inhibitions, everything I had been attempting to suppress for so long came spilling out. I'm just a burden on you, I said. I'm a burden on everyone. I don't understand why you would love me. All I ever do is let you down. 
You could never let me down, Stephanie said. Ryan, in, in, in many ways, <clears throat> this is every man who loves his wife, who wants the best for his family, and feels like he's failing them. How, do you, how, how did you get through this moment? Joe, that, that, is a, that, is a, uh, that was a tough chapter for us both to, uh, to not only put on paper, but to read through and uh, discuss and, and relive. And, and while I'm very glad we did, it, it, was, it, was, definitely a, it was definitely emotional to, to go through that again. But, but yeah, to your question, I, I feel like there's, there's definitely been aspects um, of wrestling with my masculinity of, okay, what does it look like to my wife? What does it look like to protect her? What does it look like to... Um, support her in the way that she needs when I feel like, like, Oh, I'm, you know, how, how am I supposed to protect her if I'm not physically able to wrestle down some intruder or put my arm around her or uh, just feel like I can be a physically imposing presence. And, and so there, there's definitely parts of that as maybe wonder, Hey, am I still a man? Can I still, can I still uh, fulfill my role as a husband? And I, I think we've, we've had to navigate that together. And, uh, thankfully I've, um, recognized that my, my worth as a, as a man, as a husband is not defined by what I, uh, do or produce or what my, what I'm able to bench press or what, what, what my physical strength is. My, my, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm bringing to the table is, Hey, am I, am I able to support my wife? Am I able to listen? Am I, and I'm on am I able to, um, assure assure her that I that she's loved and that she is that she's heard and so I, I really had to do a really had to kind of flip that around and recognize what is it that Stephanie actually, Stephanie actually needs being able to understand that okay I really I really can um, support her I really can um, show her that she's loved and I really can listen to her and and be here for her and that doesn't always look like uh, just having massive biceps and uh, being a physically imposing presence. And how has your definition of being a man, being a husband changed from, if you can think back to pre-accident to post-accident in your relationship with Stephanie? So I would say before, before my accident, I, I thought, Oh, if I'm going to, if I'm, if I'm going to be a man, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to be physically, I'm going to have to be physically fit. I'm going to have to, uh, make a big name for myself. I'm going to have to have a a job that that sounds impressive. I'm going to have to do things that the world celebrates and that the world deems as successful. And so, getting to a position where uh, different aspects of whether my physical strength or my vocational abilities, um, when I'm not when I'm not necessarily um, able to perform. Um, in a way that I, like I thought I would have to, as a man, like, uh, what, what does it mean if I'm, what, if I, what does it mean if I'm not um, bringing in this huge income or if I'm not um, able to, you know, break down some intruder, am I still, am I still a man? And so recognizing that, that yes, yes, as a man that I, I can, I can still protect my wife. I, I can still listen. I can still be here for, her. um, I can still um, lay out a, a vision for where we are as a couple. I can, um, I can, I can lead well. I can, uh, I can support her, and I can, I can, I can be here for in a way that 
that isn't necessarily the what I understood to be a much more uh, surface level understanding of, of who a man is and and what he does. I'm, I'm ultimately not going to be judged by God by um, what I what I do or produce. I'm, it's going to be how, how am I how am I loving people? How am I how am I ensuring that my wife uh, knows that she's heard and she's loved? What is your hope for Stephanie Ryan? What do you want for her? My hope for Stephanie is that. Is that is that one that she knows that um, that she's loved? One that uh, as well that um, she understands that that she has tremendous worth and value, and um, that she is just an amazing blessing, uh, not only to me but but to to many others. And I I want to I want to do my best to uh, love her in that, and uh, just to be a sounding board uh, to discuss with and to, I think just really work as a team uh, just to move forward in our marriage. Take us through a, a, a typical day in the life of Ryan Atkins and what you go through and pretty much get up at six 30 every morning. A, uh, when a nurse comes into our bedroom, she is there for the next few hours to kind of get me ready for the day, shower, uh, get dressed, I have breakfast and so I, which I guess just kind of a side point on that. I think for a few, for the first few years after, after the accident, I feel like that was an area where I always kind of felt like I was behind. I felt like, Oh wow, I should be at this point. I should be, I should be up showered, dressed on the way to work. And yet now it's middle of the morning and I've taken a few hours just to get ready for the day. And so that was definitely an area of insecurity of wondering, Hey, how am I ever going to catch up um, to peers? How am I ever going to really make, make much of my time of my day when so much time is spent on personal care and on getting ready and, and having to rely on others to help me. So, so that, that was, that's essentially mo- most of, most of the morning I'm, I'm able to thankfully now able to uh, use my computer uh, which has been very helpful for um, writing writing a book, uh, for starting a blog, connecting with uh, people via email, social media, um, using the internet, reading. Um, I'm able to do everything through voice software on my computer. So um, as soon as I'm ready for the day, I'm able to jump on jump on my laptop with voice software. Uh, I I definitely try to get up in my standing frame for at least at least a few minutes every day that just allows me to get weight into my bones and I really just stand up and I uh, really enjoy the opportunity to look at Stephanie face to face and actually be standing up six feet tall rather than sitting in a chair or uh, a bed like I am most of the rest of the time. Um, but I get to thankfully get, get to enjoy um, a great, a great dinner with my wife each night. Uh, we have not been able to, um, get out as, as much as we, we'd like to, but it provides an opportunity to, for us to just connect and be one-on-one. And I think with my lack of ability to um, use technology sometimes, whether it's picking up the phone or uh, being focused on something else, I'm a device because I'm really not able to pick it up or do that. It, it I think it's really opened this window where we can um, connect and talk on a deeper level that I may not have uh, otherwise taken the time for. Uh, but I, yeah, I, most days um, are relatively the same. I, I wouldn't say they're the 
most exciting, uh, but I've appreciated the opportunities that come up, whether it's a uh, speaking engagement or um, getting to have a conversation with you like today, or um, just uh, getting to have the opportunity to um, share, share more of my story, whether it's writing it through my book, my blog, or uh, whatever the avenue may be to hopefully just encourage others that um, while circumstances may not go how we always would like on this, on this earth, there's, there's a God who loves us and who has a, an eternal home that is um, going to be amazing. And I, I believe that um, Jesus is the, the best way to, best way to uh, live a meaningful life on this earth. And uh, that's the hope that I can, I hope that I can communicate that with, that with others. You mentioned earlier about where you thought you were heading and you had these kind of general hopes and dreams and ideas of, of where you were heading. Where were you back then uh, before the accident, before November 20th, 2009, where was Ryan Atkins heading? Well, in my mind, I thought, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make a big name for myself. I'm going to, I'm going to make a ton of money in the business world. I'm going to, I'm going to travel. I'm going to, I'm going to live by a golf course. I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to basically make the most of my time, the most of my life in a way that ultimately, ultimately was celebrating my own success. And um, I, I didn't really dawn on me at the time that, oh, this is actually just all about, all about me, but, but it, it took, it took some time. It took some humbling from the circumstance after the accident to recognize that, you know, actually I had been thinking of myself all along and, and while, you know, while working hard and making money and, and wanting to live a purposeful life is not necessarily like bad ambitions or anything, but, but there was, there was no, I left no room for anything else in my life, no room for, um, following, following Jesus. And, and I ultimately thankfully was able to recognize my name need for a savior after the accident. And I've had quite a bit of a perspective shift in the time since. Where are you heading now? Where am I heading now? I would say right now, I, I, I want to continue to uh, make the most of my days and yeah, yeah. Days are difficult. I may be um, in pain. I may, uh, be frustrated about opportunities that I fail. I feel like are kind of may have slipped through my grasp or just want to be able to connect with others on a deeper level that um, sometimes is difficult um, in what could be an isolating um, situation with kind of felt like I'm kind of stuck inside a lot. Uh, but I want, I want to make the most of my time. I want to continue to communicate with others that that hope is possible no matter what our circumstances may be. And yeah, I don't, I don't believe my story's over. I, I believe that God is um, still working in my life. I, I, I still believe that that physical healing is possible. Uh, but unlike earlier, the first few years after my accident, I'm not going to sit around waiting for that anymore. I, I used to think like, oh, okay, as soon as I get, as soon as I get healed, I'm going to go back to college or I'm going to, I'm going to look into dating again, or I'm going to write my book. And I had to come to the realization that uh, life is not just waiting for our perfect scenario to come to fruition. Um, life's going to barrel ahead, whether we want to or not, no matter what our circumstances may be. So I want to, I want to do everything I can to not just passively um, allow time to slip by hoping for stuff to change, but to, 
take action now and continue to pray and believe that um, that God can uh, make make this time meaningful and make the most of my time and be able to stand next to stand in front of God and hear well done, good and faithful servant. You mentioned healing Ryan and you believe in healing and uh, God in, at least in the physical sense has not healed you yet. You're, you're not able to walk. You're still, you're still confined uh, by this condition. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about, about the idea of healing and how it, how healing happens and what, where that where healing is going to take you. Yeah, that's definitely been quite a journey over the past decade. Uh, well, for, first, when I when I first got home after the accident, I put so much energy into my physical rehab. Like I'm going to beat this. Like doctors don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to be back on my feet because I work so hard, and I'm going to be celebrated for my own heroic success overcoming paralysis. And about a year later, when nothing really changed in my physical body, I really hit rock bottom and thinking, okay, now what do I do? What do I, if I can't beat this on my own, where, where do I turn? And that's really when my spiritual journey began because I, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I knew about the Bible. I knew about Jesus being a healer. I just never really thought I had a need for it. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is a guy that healed the paralyzed man. Hey, hey, why don't, why don't you throw some of that my way? And so... I really began seeking healing and seeking seeking Jesus as healer. And I believe that God really used that to draw me in. And and so my, my mindset really changed from not just seeking healing, but seeking the healer himself. And and through that process and, and recognizing my need for a savior and and uh, wanting to wanting my life to be to reflect that difference of uh, beliefs. Well, I, I still recognize, well, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And and he he has healed the paralyzed in the past. And I I believe he can still do that today. And just because it hasn't happened in, in the time frame since, in the first 12 years, doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that my story is over and that, oh, this is past God's arbitrary deadline. Uh, but But at the same time, I don't want to, I think early on I made the mistake of, oh, I need to, I need to, I need to wait to move forward until God does this. Whereas I want to keep moving forward and take action with where I am right now with what I can do. Um, but at the same time, believe that God, I believe you can heal me. I believe you can get me back on my feet. Um, and I, and I'm not, I'm not going to, to give up on that, believing that uh, Jesus tells us to pray and not give up. And so I, I think it's all about, Keeping a healthy balance there. So many of us do that. Uh, you just happen to do that being a quadriplegic, right? So many of us do that, Ryan. So many of us wait. We want to wait for perfect circumstances. We want to wait for perfect circumstances. We want to wait until we're in the right relationship, or we want to wait until we're out of the relationship. We want to wait until we have the perfect job or the or the perfect house or Whatever the situation is, we we wait and wait and wait for the perfect for the perfect situation before we take action, before we move forward with our life's dreams and our life's goals and 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 seek God's God's path for us. We think that we have to wait for this perfect position in life. This in your case, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to wait till God has healed them 
to move forward in life, but you didn't do that. You, you said, okay, this is God's timing, not mine. I have to move forward. I have to, I have to take action because that's what God wants from us, right? He wants us to take action regardless of the circumstance. He wants us to, to move forward, to grow closer to him, to follow his path, regardless of our circumstances. Definitely. And, and at the same time, I, I did do that. I, I did, I did passively wait um, for, for a season. I, I thought, Oh, Oh, I'll, uh, I'll just wait a few more months. Uh, I'll wait a few more months to go back and get my degree. I'll, okay. I'll wait, I'll wait a little bit longer to start dating. And so that's definitely played, played into it. But I think through that, I recognize, Hey, nothing's going to change. If I just stay in the same place, if I just, if I don't get moving, I'm not going to ultimately uh, move forward and accomplish what I want to, to do if I'm just waiting for everything to be in a perfect scenario. So, so th- thankfully that, thankfully that I was able to, uh, able to see uh, pretty soon. Hey, if I don't get moving, um, I'm not, I'm not really going to be happy with where, where I'm, where I end up. And so, uh, I think we all, we all need to, we need to come to a place where we can point out those areas in life where we may be hesitating and, and recognizing that, um, God can, can meet us where we are and, uh, fill in the gaps for areas that we may not be as sure about moving forward. in. how do you help people are changed Ryan by reading one step closer? So the, the biggest, the biggest theme that I, I want to communicate in this book is the power of embracing an eternal perspective. I believe that when we recognize that uh, we are going to spend millions and millions of years for all of eternity uh, somewhere after this life. And I, I believe that uh, Jesus is uh, the only way to God in that uh, when we recognize that we have a really short time on this earth, and we are going to be, we're going to be rewarded um, based on our life here, based on our faithfulness uh, to who God is, and that uh, those rewards play out um, in all of eternity. And I want to, I want my, I want my life to count here on this earth. I want it to be, be one that um, points points to who God is, and ultimately for for others to recognize that no matter what we may be putting our hopes in, our putting our uh, putting our dreams in that everything in this life is going to disappoint us in some way. It could be the, could be the job. It could be the relationship. Um, it could be that dream we've had that, that home, that, that trip. Uh, and ultimately it, this earth is not going to satisfy our deepest longings in the way that only Jesus can. Ryan, do you mind if we talk about your personal faith? Let's do it, Joe. How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? So I grew up in a Christian home. I, my family uh, went to church most weeks, uh, but I, I really, I really didn't see my need for a savior. I was very focused on my own, my own life, sports, grades, uh, moving forward with college and career goals that it always just kind of was on the back burner. And so it took, it took uh, being in a traumatic car accident. Um, it took, a year of recognizing, oh, no matter what I do physically to try to get my body back, I can't do this on my own. And I had to get to a place where hitting rock bottom and recognizing I can't do this on my own and I need a savior. And that's when 
Um, Jesus met me where I was and it started with a desire for healing, but recognizing that I not rather than just healing, I want to seek the healer himself. And so that's really where my spiritual journey uh, began to take off. Is Stephanie a believer as well? She is. And her, her journey kind of essentially began on a very similar time frame in that those early days of um, she'd come over, help me with uh, massage therapy, uh, stretching, just helping help my body in any way. Uh, it really led to some great conversations about, about what we believed about life, about God, about our purpose. And that really forged a lot of the early connections in our relationship and allowed us to grow. At what point did you realize there's something here? There's something about this woman. There's something about the way we're connecting. Yeah, I would say about a year in, it, it definitely transitioned from just professional to thinking, hey, you know what? This is a genuine friendship. As time went on, uh, probably another year or so later, um, recognized, hey, there's there's a lot of aspects of this. Well, this woman that I'm 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 interested in. I I loved her her heart for others, the, her willingness to uh, just help people, and and uh, she's a great listener and uh, just very, yeah, just very empathetic. Um, I loved. I love, we just had fun together. We uh, had deep conversations. We both, both just trying to figure out, Hey, where are our lives going? What, what do we believe about God? And I think as those conversations evolved, um, it really led to a genuine friendship and ultimately a romantic relationship. Ryan, since becoming a Christian, have you ever questioned your faith or maybe even the existence of God? I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say I've questioned the existence of God. I, I would say more that I've uh, maybe questioned what I, what I believe about God or, or ultimately like how I'm understanding um, what I'm hearing from God. Um, I, I think early on, I, I may have had um, some incorrect assumptions about who God is and um, what that means for me rather than, yeah, I, I think just part of it was, Oh, well, I believe in God and I'm going to pray. And therefore, because I have faith, I'm going to get healing in this amount of time and everything's going to work out perfectly. And I'll give you the credit. And, and obviously that's not, that that's not how it works. And, and God, we, we may not, we don't always understand his ways and his ways are way higher than ours. Um, but if I, if, if God was um, made in, in, in my in my my liking and, and exactly how how I would see God, then oh, I would get I would have got my healing on in the first few days, and and I would have got all those uh, all those dreams and aspirations that I thought were so important to me at the time. I would have gotten right back into that and missed out on um, so much of the past decade. But I, I would say, not necessarily have, have doubted the existence of God, but more so have had to refine my understanding of who he is and uh, what his, what his plans are for me. After all you've been through, it would have been real easy for you to, to just turn your back on God and to think that number one, God doesn't exist. Or number two, if he does exist, he let this happen to me and I don't like him. This is BS God. And how could you let this happen to me? But you don't seem to have done that. Why haven't you turned your back on God? Well, first of all, I've, I've seen him at work. I've seen his power. I, 
I, I know that he exists and I know that he um, is for me. And I, I, it reminds me of the story in the uh, gospel of John uh, when um, Jesus is saying some really difficult things and, and people are starting to fall away and like, ah, who is this guy? Is he, is he crazy? What's he telling us to do? And uh, there's only a few disciples left and they're kind of thinking, uh, what do we do here? Do we, do we really want to keep following this guy? People think we're crazy. And Jesus looks at him and says, Hey, what do you guys want to do? You want to leave too? And the guys say, Hey, this may be a hard word, but we know that you have the way to life and we're going to keep following you. And, and I, I would say that story really, really resonates with me. I'm thinking, yes, it's, there's aspects of God that may be um, confusing, uh, maybe difficult. And I may not, and we may not get exactly what we want um, in the time frame we want on this life. But I know, I know that Jesus is the only way, and that um, when I'm when I'm best when I'm best understanding that and um, I'm choosing to align myself with Him, I, I believe that that I believe that, that that's the only way to go, and I want to I want to form my my life around it. Do you want God to heal you, Ryan? I do. I do. I, I think about the, the story a lot. Uh, the pool of Bethesda, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Do you want to be healed? And and I, I think for a while, I kind of wondered like, of course, like what, what kind of question is that? But, but I think it really points to uh, points to what Jesus is getting at. I, th- I think often we can get, we can get our identity tied to um, a situation, whether it's, um, Oh, well, this is who I am now. Do I really want to, do I really want to get out of this situation? Do I really, do I really feel worthy that, that God would do, would be willing to do that? And I think, I think it, it makes us be bold and be, be audacious in what we think or believe. And I even wrestle with that sometimes now of, I mean, even, even saying like, Oh yeah, I believe that God can heal me. I believe that God answers prayer. I believe that um, he, I believe that he can heal me. I, I think sometimes there's the hesitation of like, Oh, are people really going to think I'm crazy? And similar to people in the Bible, um, we're going after Jesus for healing. Uh, many people would stop him and say, oh, don't bother the teacher. Oh, you've, you wait your turn. And um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to worry about stuff like that. I want to, I want to be bold. I want to be audacious about approaching God's throne. Um, and yes, yes. So long answer to that one. Yes. Yes. I, I, I want God to heal me still. Finally, as we wrap up, what would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge? making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? I would say I would like that person to, to take really, to really take inventory of their life and to recognize and to really look, Hey, what, what are these areas of my life that I'm looking to for fulfillment? Um, where am I looking to for hope? Where are my plans for the future? Um, are those, are those on um, solid ground, the solid ground of uh, the never changing God? Um, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, or is it, or is it built on sinking sand? The something that could be lost in a day, lost in a second. And I think during the pandemic over the past year, I think a lot of us recognized that, like, oh, everything that we thought may have been a rock solid guarantee, whether it's our physical health or our finances or, or some job opportunity or, oh, that trip or that dream house. Well a lot of those things got stripped away over the past year. And when we, I think when we take inventory of where are we putting our hope and what is, what can actually sustain us? I believe that Jesus is the only one who can. And 
that's where I want to put my, that's where I want to put my faith. I don't think we can say anything more than that. The book is one step closer. How a life altering accident led me to everything I almost missed by Ryan Atkins. Ryan, thank Ryan. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Joe, Joe, great, great to be here with you today. I really enjoy, really enjoyed listening to your show, uh, the variety, variety of guests and some great conversations. So enjoyed being with you today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Ryan's website is ryansatkins.com. That's ryansatkins.com. R-Y-A-N-S-A-T-K-I-N-S.com. Ryansatkins.com, where you can find out more about him, his book, One Step Closer, as well as read his insightful blog, Flat on My Back. I'll put his website, links to the book, and his social media links in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 129. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 129. And if you want to contact me, I'm most active on Twitter at at 4JoeTaylor. That's F at F-O-R-J-O-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Or you can contact me at onfaithsedge.com slash contact. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. And if this show entertained you, encouraged you, informed you, or brought value to you in any way whatsoever, will you consider financially backing the show? The best way you can do that right now is just use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. We'll get a modest commission from the purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you so much to Ryan Atkins for being with us. What an amazing story. You're an amazing human being, an amazing man. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you. And so do I. God bless.